Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruby for All. Julie, what's up? The sky, <laughs> Halloween. It's Halloween. Oh, yeah, it's Halloween today. So I was volunteering at my kids' school and in one of the classrooms I was in, I had to help with crafts. And one of the crafts is the spider web foam thing and a spider foam thing that you're supposed to attach together with string. The holes are super tiny and the thread had 10 strands in it. So I had to like unthread the thing, try to poke it through the hole. None of the kids finished the craft on time. And then I had to run to record a show. That's what's up. It's a busy morning. (laughs) Ah, crafts. Sometimes I have in my adult, like there are like craft opportunities that present themselves. At our last Podia retreat, our CTO, Jamie, brought all these strands of, I don't know, thread or polyester, whatever they are. And was like, we're going to make this keychain thing. And let me tell you, my brain does not work. I cannot do arts and crafts. <laughs> oh God, it's so hard. And I have to find someone like, can you, I can't, I don't understand how the knot goes under over. It's like, what's happening here? <laughs> you need that chaperone to help you. What I was doing for the kid. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But as a 26 year old adult, <laughs> That sounds fun. I love that our jobs afford us the opportunity to spend more time with our families if we choose to. Yeah, totally. I had to take the morning off to do that. Yeah, that's cool. So we're going to talk about conferences because you have a conference coming up and a conference talk on top of that. I don't think I'm going anymore this year. I think I'm tapped out. I realized after the last one that I need a little bit of a travel break. But you're going to Rhode Island for RubyConf Mini. Are you excited? I am very excited about it. And let me tell you, I was not planning on going. It was going to be too far. I have a family and it's really a whole day of travel. There's no direct flights to Providence. So I have to fly into Boston, take a train. Anyways, it's going to be a trek. But I was talking to Andrea about being authentic at work. And Andrea says that's a podcast topic. And I was like, oh yeah. So a week later I was like, hey, Andrea, you want to come on the show and talk about how to be authentic at work? And at that same time, she said, oh, I'm writing a CFP just about this topic. Somehow I talked her into letting me co-speak with her. Well, I guess at the time we were just applying, so we didn't make it in yet, but we got accepted. And so we will be doing our talk. I believe it's on Thursday. But nice. it is about how to bring your authentic selves to work. Somewhere along those lines. Doing it with someone else your first time, I think is awesome. And I didn't know that was like a thing. But I gave a conference talk at RailsConf, which you were there. And Chris and Jason and I all gave it together. That was really special. And it made me feel that much more confident just having them by my side who'd been there before. Jason is one of the best talk givers I've ever met. And so nothing can go wrong because Jason's here and he'll save us with a dumb joke if something goes wrong. So I'm glad that y'all get to do it together because that'll be a great experience for you. Yeah. Wait, did you not do a talk before that? No. Oh. That was my first talk. I've submitted talks before. I'd never gotten in. I am speaking at the Bridgetown Conf, the virtual conf that's coming up soon. Yep. November 7th. Which is sooner than I thought. Thanks to you just letting me know about that. (laughs) Very, very cool. But yes, we wanted to talk about conferences, especially for people who this could be your first time because I've been to several, you have been to one, we met at one. So what better time to give our hot takes about it and our tips before conference season rolls back around. Oh, fair warning. We did not outline this, so it might be... A little ADD. 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> I would say the first thing is I am naturally this type of person that is very introverted who wants to stay in their hotel room. I have social anxiety. So sometimes like going out into these events, especially if there's no one going with me, like can feel very daunting. But I've had some of the greatest experiences of all my conferences by pushing myself out of my boundary zone and out of my comfort zone. And that's just what I want to lead off with is telling everyone, hey, obviously go recharge. Recharging is really important during conferences, but push yourself out of your comfort zone, meet new people, because those are the people and those experiences will be the things that you bring home and like energize you. And then you get to meet those people at more conferences and you establish friendships. And so all I'm saying is push yourself, even if you're like me and you would rather sit in the hotel room after the conference is done for the day. I think you told me that advice before going to RailsConf. And I thought of that. I did not stay out super late. I went back to the hotel, take some rests. I think that was really helpful because RailsConf, there were, I want to say something like 1,200 yes, people like attended that. in person. And that's sort of kind of an overwhelming number for me especially for my first tech conference. And you mentioned you have social anxiety, which is really surprising to me. I also have social anxiety. And at the last conference, I applied as a scholar. Mm -hmm. And one of the main reasons why I applied as a scholar is so I can have a guide that will kind of lead me through to all of these things. I mean, I didn't expect my guide to be there all the time, but at least having somebody that I knew be there for me. By the way, let's... Let's chat about what a scholar... Let's talk about that because that's a program that people can take advantage of and I would love for them to know more about it. What is it? I've not gone through it, so I'm very curious to know. So applying as a scholar, you fill out an application and if you get accepted, your ticket to the conference is free. And I believe they also stipend part of your travel as well, which is super nice. The main reason why I applied is so that I could have a guide who is basically someone who's been at a conference before who can be there to answer your questions. They can also help you with any other questions that you may have. Where's the exhibit hall? Out. Yeah, I mean... Like even what is the exhibit hall? I feel like that would be something good. A lot of people usually have questions about that. It's just like telling you the events that are going on, where they are, how you can get to them, making sure you don't get lost, things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is really helpful too. So my guide at RailsConf was Nani Dutton and he was a really great guide. He was there the right amount. He was helped answer all the questions and he helped me because I have the social anxiety. I couldn't really meet new people very well, but at the conference I got to talk to Aaron and Eileen, which was really cool. And I got to take a selfie with them. And then I also got to meet Drew Bragg. That's cool. So they helped you with kind of introducing you to people, it sounds like. Yeah. That's very cool. I have always looked on that program very favorably and I've often thought about doing it, but because of my tendency to just disappear for like hours at a time sometimes, I didn't want to do it because I was like, I thought you had to be with your person like almost all the time, but it sounds like you were not with your guide like 100% of the time. So what was that time split like and should it have been more or should have been less? What do you think about that? I think it's very dependent on your pair. I say that you don't have to be with your guide slash scholar the whole time, but I feel like I was with my guide for quite a bit of the time. Like I feel like he was there for me more than his expectation was to be there for me. And I really appreciated that because I am sort of someone that 
if I'm alone inside of something, I just, my anxiety gets really high. Yeah. So I don't know what percentage of the time we were together was, I guess some of the talks we did not hang out together because we went to different talks, but we went to a couple of workshops together and dinners and we hung out at lunch. So that's cool. Oh, there's also a area for scholars and guides to have lunch together, tables just for them. That's cool. And that was really nice too. I really appreciated the program a lot. I think it was very well organized. The first night there was a dinner and I was about to tell a story about my guide not being able to make it to that dinner. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't go to the dinner too, because I don't want to show up not knowing anybody. And it turns out that his guide from last year at RubyConf, Joel Hoxley. I know Joel. His scholar wasn't able to show up. So Joel kind of ended up being my pseudo guide for the evening, which was really helpful. Although I was still nervous because I didn't know Joel before. And I was like, what does Joel look like? Right. Joel's awesome. Might even been on the same night. I had a very similar experience because I had a speaker's dinner to go to and Jason and Chris weren't texting me back. And so I was like, you know what? I might just go to sleep and just skip out on this. But I didn't. I got my butt on little subway tram thing, public transportation. And I went there and I had a ton of fun and bold with Nick Schwatter. Got to see a bunch of people. It was a great time. And I'm happy that I didn't skip out on it. Yeah, just to validate that I had the same, maybe the same night was going through the same thing. That is so funny. I guess the lesson here is put yourself out there, even if you think you're not going to have a good time, because I had a fantastic evening and yeah, yeah, got to get to know Joel a little more. And that was really cool. One thing that we can do as a community, though, I think during these situations is like, because I'm the same way. If I don't know anyone in the room, I'm freaking out a little bit. Do I belong here, et cetera, et cetera. One thing I find very helpful and one thing I always try to do is that if you're in a group of people talking, whether it's in an after hours event or during the conference, try to leave space in the circle and always like expand the circle when a new person comes. That way someone can just walk right in. They don't have to feel like they're bumping in. They can just join and then the circle gets bigger. And I feel like that's just something to always be cognizant of because we want to be welcoming. So going out of your way to find ways to be a little extra welcoming. And I think that's just a very simple, easy way to do it. Just like make sure that there's room for people to join you. I love that. And I guess also when someone does join in, even if people are currently talking, just like waving or saying hi, just to let them know that they are welcome here. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, that's not something I would immediately gravitate towards. So I'm glad you said that because I'm the type of person that wants to show up and just not be noticed. But yeah, (laughs) it is great to welcome people and introduce yourself. Because these people can be your future friends, your future coworkers. It's as much as a networking opportunity as it is a learning opportunity. And so the more and more you network and the more and more you just meet people and like networking is the corporate word, meet people, say hi, talk to those people that you idolize in the community because they are just like us. And I'm sure most of them would love to meet you. Yeah, I want to say everyone was so nice and so open to meeting people. It was a really good experience. And I know you called it networking and I want to say that I didn't really network at the conferences, but I made a lot of meaningful connections. It wasn't just small talk and meeting different people, but it was like the conversations that we were having led to me knowing people on a more personal level. And I find that to be 
the highlight of the conference. Yeah. Is the connections with people. That's why I typically go to these as well. It's like I have made friends over the years and I love to get to see them. And also I like the conference environment. It's a lot of fun, but it can definitely be stressful. So like we were both saying earlier, like definitely take time for yourself if you need it. I think that's very important. Yeah. At school, they have these things called buddy benches, which is nice because like if you have a child sitting on the buddy bench, that means that person is looking for a friend to play with. And I was just thinking like, it would be kind of nice to know which people might be alone and looking because I know there's also people that just want to be alone and they need that time to be alone, but can't tell who might need a friend and we're in that situation. It would be helpful to have somebody come by and say hi. That's actually like a fantastic idea. I actually freaking love that idea. You should bring <laughs> that up to someone at some point because that's a great idea of having some chairs that are specialized and be like, hey, like this is the place for you to like go meet people. Like just go sit down and talk to people because I'm that person that will like go hide away somewhere and just want to be alone. But for people that want to like sit down and meet new people and are kind of not the type of people that just go walk up and say, hey, that could be a great opportunity. I love that idea. Cool. I want to take a second to thank Andy Kroll for personally sponsoring this episode of Ruby for All. Julie and I are really excited with what Andy is doing currently for juniors in the community by organizing First Ruby Friend, a way for early career devs to connect with volunteer mentors in the Ruby community to help further them in their careers. If you're interested in being a mentor or a mentee, go on over to firstrubyfriend.org and sign up. Andy also has an awesome newsletter called One Ruby Thing that we definitely recommend at onerubything.com where you can get a new Ruby and Rails tip delivered straight to your inbox. If you're looking to level up, this is a great resource that is free to the community and friendly for all levels of expertise. A big thank you again for Andy for sponsoring today's episode and look for links to First Ruby Friend and One Ruby Thing in the show notes. So what else? The hallway track. We talked about this one time in an early episode and someone messaged me about it. And so I just want to highlight it again. The hallway track is this term for what goes on in the hallways kind of during or after talks where people are kind of meeting together and talking about their ideas and their projects and all this other stuff. It's not a formalized thing that you can like find on the billboards or anything that are around, but it's just basically this term to mean hanging out in the hallway with people. So I just wanted to talk about that because you might hear that term tossed around a little bit like, oh yeah, I hung out in the hallway track a lot. And that just basically means they hung out in the hallway and talked to people, which is sometimes like a lot of what people will do at these conferences. I learned about that before going to the conference, which is really great because I knew and do this, especially if the talks are going to be recorded. So you can watch those recordings later unless you want to be there live for them. But sometimes you just need a break and hanging out in the hallway, having some conversations with some friends or new people is helpful. And on that note, if you're trying to make a decision between a workshop or a talk, if the talks are going to be recorded, then I would typically recommend going to a workshop because usually those are not recorded. And it's also like hands-on experience where you get to ask the instructor questions and all those sorts of things that don't translate as well over video. So that's always where I kind of come down on that decision of whether I should go to a talk or a workshop. Workshop usually is what I will pick first, just for that reason. Can we also talk about proper etiquette for showing up late or needing to leave early? I think it's like, every live event, the people who are presenting deserve respect. They're donating their time to you and to the community to present on a topic. They've done a lot of work leading up to this. They've flown, they've made arrangements. If they've had kids, there's a lot that goes into traveling and speaking at these conferences. 
And I just feel like you should give them the respect that they deserve. If you need to leave early, that's okay. Just do it really quietly and don't be disruptive. And if you have to join early, be quiet. Don't be disruptive. If you come in late, maybe just stand in the back of the room. Above all else, don't be disruptive. Try not to make noise. I mean, things happen and like we understand that. But above all else, if you break the speaker's concentration and their flow, they may never get it back. So I would just be very mindful of how you come in and leave these talks. What do you think about that? Yeah, I like those points a lot. There's one other thing I wanted to add to it is that when you do come in late or leave early for the talks that are being recorded, there's a camera and there was one talk that I was watching where people were showing up late and they kept blocking the speaker because they were walking through. And yeah. then I got distracted as a person that's watching this later on because of that. Yeah, definitely be mindful of the cameras and the recording equipment, trying to trip on anything, you know, just watch where you're going and don't walk down the middle of the aisle. That's what I would definitely say is usually there's like a middle aisle in these rooms and then there's aisles on the right and left side. Go down the right or left side. Don't walk down the middle. That's really distracting. Yeah. What would you want as a speaker? Is there anything that you would think would really throw you off? Turn your cell phones off or silence them. I just thought about that. That would throw me off. Silence your cell phone because if your phone starts ringing, that would be really disruptive. Yeah. Can I also have someone in the audience that can nod when I speak? The nodder. (laughs) (laughs) That's my superpower. Yeah. You want to talk about that for a second? The nodder? Yes. I heard about this on a really old Bike Shed podcast. And if you think about it, the majority of the people who listen to these talks and like you just like look around while you're in them, they kind of stand there with a blank expression and they're just listening because that's how most people listen. But if you're the speaker, you're getting no visual feedback. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm a big visual feedback person. Body language is very important to me. It's a big part of how I communicate. So if I'm getting no body language at all, no expression, I'm going to think I'm doing bad. So it's really great to have someone in the audience who is like an active listener who is kind of just like nodding their head along as someone's speaking because then they can always look to that person. Is what I'm saying makes sense? If you look at the nodder and the nodder is like, okay, then I'm good. I can keep going. I am also very much the same way where I need that feedback. And I think you just pinpointed on one of the main reasons why it's hard for me to talk on the phone. I do not like talking on the phone because I, one, have auditory processing delays or whatever you want to call them. And I can't see the person just having a conversation on Zoom. It's helpful to have a live transcript or closed captioning on. But I was going to ask you, since you're doing a talk at the Bridgetown conference, it's going to be virtual. So I'm curious to, after you give the talk, what your experiences as a speaker is between live and virtual. Because I haven't given a live talk before, but I've given a virtual one. And that was really scary for me because I couldn't tell what people were thinking or I'm not even looking at the Zoom windows with all the people. All the windows are too tiny, but I'd be curious to know what that experience is like for you. I'll have to let you know. That'll be interesting. I didn't even really think about that. I think in that situation, I'm going to be trying to not look at the cameras. I don't know. I guess a lot of practice is going to have to go into that. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully someone is a nodder for you. I have taken up this mantle (laughs) at the conferences that I go to. To the point of the last one I was at, one of the speakers actually asked me if I could sit in the front and nod for them. And I was like, happy to do it. So I think it's cool. It's along the same lines of like, if you're really resonating with the speaker's saying, allow your face to show that because it can really change the dynamic of what the speaker's talking about. Because if they are not getting any feedback, 
their energy is going to be dropping. But if people look enthusiastic, excited about what the speaker is saying, people are nodding along, that can really energize a speaker and you can get a lot better talk out just by doing that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that you do that for people. Too bad you're not able to come to mind, but whoever's listening and going to RubyConf Mini would like a nodder if you'd like to help out. I will literally find you one, don't worry. <laughs> so what else? What else we got as we kind of come into the station here? Dinners. Dinners can be a little interesting. Like that's something that I don't always excel at. Everyone's going to dinner. And if you don't have necessarily a person with you, you're like, okay, but where should I go? I'd say like a lot of the times if there's a Slack channel or a Discord or whatever there is, people will often be talking about their dinner plans in there or looking for dinner plans. And that's what I would suggest people do. Do that on the discussion area, wherever that is. I was going to say for anybody who didn't have an opportunity to apply as a scholar or a guide to have a buddy I'm happy to kind of buddy up with somebody. I did not apply to be a guide this time. And the only reason for that is I didn't know when I was going to give my talk. And I feel like I would probably be too stressed out to give my scholar the attention that they needed or deserved. And so I opted out applying this time around, but I'd still be happy to buddy up with somebody. That's completely fair. I watched Jason get really stressed out. Somehow he always gets stuck at the end. So I totally understand that wanting to be able to devote a lot of focus on your scholar, scholarly, whatever they're called, but knowing that you won't be able to provide them. I think that's smart. I forgot to mention this earlier, but sometimes they will offer a volunteer opportunities. So they'll give you a free ticket if you come volunteer for a certain amount of hours during the conference. That's how I was able to go to my first conference at RailsConf. So that's a great opportunity. I'm sure the time has already passed for the ones coming up, but for next year, if you're not sure you can afford it or your company's not willing to pay for you to go, definitely see these scholarship opportunities, these guide opportunities and the volunteer opportunities. And sometimes people give away tickets on Twitter. I usually do. I don't think I'm going to do it this year just because my attention is elsewhere. And if someone does want to do that, I will gladly hand that mantle over. But look for opportunities. They're out there. We want more people to come to these conferences because it's always great. Usually at the beginning of the conference, they ask how many people here are new. This is their first conference. And I'm always surprised at the amount. So I think that's a great thing that we need to keep doing. And these are some opportunities to be able to do that if you're not able to monetarily go. Yeah. And have fun. Get out there. Try to push that little voice down that says I should go sleep in my room all night and not go hang out with people and meet people and exchange numbers or Discord names or whatever and keep in touch. And then you can have friends for years and years to come. And that's how I made a lot of friends. Like the first time I ever met Chris and Jason, Chris messaged out on Slack or something in RailsConf 2019, I believe, 2019 message board. And he was like, hey, I'm upstairs and I have stickers if anyone wants to come. And I was way out of my comfort zone, but I wanted to meet the Go Rails guy. <laughs> So I went up and I sat down and at that table was Jason Charns, Andrea Fermera, Kevin Newton, Andrew Culver, all of whom I would later begin to meet. And I work with Andrea and Jason. Chris and Jason and I have like a beautiful friendship, I think. And Andrew Culver and I hang out all the time at conferences. And I was literally just interviewing Kevin Newton again the other day on Remote Ruby. So, I mean, these are really strong connections that you can forge. And because we meeting and talking to people who like the things we do. So get out there and get it. Yeah. And I also wanted to say like, without me having gone to RailsConf, I don't think this podcast would have existed. Yep. Because that's where we met. So you did network. (laughs) But again, it's kind of like networking because we never did any small talk. And I feel like 
it was a really meaningful connection. Yes. I'm glad that both of us seem to not like small talk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do with myself during those things. Me neither. Well, Julie, I hope you have fun. And I hope everyone listening here who's going to Rubicon Mini better be in your talk. And I will be there supporting you from afar. But I think y'all will both kill it. I'm very excited. Thank you. And also just wanted to say I ordered some Ruby for All stickers that will be available at RubyConf Mini if you happen to be there. They're really cute. They are really cool. 100%. So go get some stickers. Say hi to Julie. Let her know you listen to the podcast. And for everyone else, I guess we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.